I would listen to your podcast while I was doing the program daily, pretty much every day I would put one on while I was cooking or doing my work. And I think that really helped me keep on track and stay motivated. And I always thought like, I hope one day I'll be a success story like these people I'm listening to. And here I am. So it's awesome. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. Welcome back to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast, where we interview people who have transformed their lives with inflammatory arthritis and learn from them so that we too can implement strategies and mindset that are going to help us live happier, healthier, uh, more vibrant lives. And today I'm interviewing Lane. She is in Hawaii on uh, Oahu and she's a surfer, but 12 months ago she got hit with inflammatory arthritis. And 12 months later, after doing the Patterson program, she is uh, in a whole lot better state. And she's going to tell us uh, in a moment the sort of the before and after. And then we're going to go into the detail of the steps involved, uh, the uh, medical recommendations. And we're going to explore each of the areas um, that she was afflicted and how she improved those areas of her body. So, Lane, uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. You've had to turn off the air conditioner, your beloved air con right next to you, because it is Hawaii and it is pretty warm all year round. So thank you. I hope you don't, you know, run into uh, overheating uh, mode throughout this interview. Thank you. I think I'll be okay. Got the Pacific now, breezes here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, now, you and I connected on Instagram. You posted something um, that caught my attention and that's you know, one of the sort of nice features of Instagram, when someone writes something about you, you get notified. And it was a wonderful post about how much you've improved in the last 12 months. Can you just give us that sort of, this is then, this is now, before we go into all the detail? Sure. So about a year ago, uh, my knee had swollen up for no reason. And I, at first I thought it was an injury. Uh, I saw a lot of doctors and eventually got uh, referred to a rheumatologist and was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. My knee was pretty swollen and painful. Um, I would wake up in the morning and spend 10 minutes just trying to straighten my leg all the way so I could walk somewhat normal. I just remember waking up, being in a lot of pain, very stiff. And then eventually my elbows started flaring up. Um, they would have flare ups where it would swell, it would get hot and painful. And it would last three or four days and then the swelling would go away and it would be normal for about three or four days. And it was just this cycle of flare ups in my elbows. Um, so that definitely confirmed the rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis. And so I made some changes to my diet because I had done like a little bit of research on the Internet and um, I saw some improvements. I'd cut out gl gluten, dairy and sugar, most processed foods. But I wasn't fully healing um, until I found the Patterson program and uh, gave up the oils and the animal products. And two weeks into the Patterson program, I saw huge improvements 
in my knee, I could bend it so much more and the pain was so much less. And I, I could like go back to regular activities. Uh, my elbows weren't flaring up anymore. And it's just progressively gotten better since I've been on the program and I've stuck with it now for a hundred and I think 130 days now. And I have my life back. I'm surfing again. I'm doing all the things I used to do and waking up every day, just so grateful that I'm not in pain. And what do your friends and family say when they witness your improvements? They are really happy for me. You know, they're, they're, they want to know, you know, what I did. They, re- they want to know about it. So a lot of them that are close with me have been helping me with the foods and stuff and like eating with me, cooking with me, things like that. And seeing me do all the workouts I do and just, I was, you know, determined. And so they've been very supportive, but curious, you know, and my dad also suffers from rheumatoid arthritis. He has it in his hands. So I've been trying to get him to get on the program, which is a little bit difficult. It's hard to do the program because you have to change a lot of things. Yeah, I well, think if you wanted to sort of look at that, what they call the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20 rule where you do, you get uh, 80% of the results by doing only 20% of the, you know, required, uh, you know, changes, uh, that would be eliminate um, all seed oils, which are, you know, things like the uh, the oils that end up in stir fries and so on. And then obviously all oils altogether. Uh, but certainly any cooked seed oil, they're the worst in terms of their uh, inflammatory uh, potential. Um, and then after that, um, it's probably a step down to sort of uh, uh, dairy and, and meat. But um, if you can get him off the oils, that might that might be enough for him to uh, see some improvements in his hands. So that's exciting. Yes. I'll be going home to visit soon, so I'm going to be able to talk to him more about it and show him some different ways to eat. So he doesn't live near you. Right. He's in Indiana where I'm from. Oh, okay. Uh, You moved to Hawaii for career reasons or the surf? For the surf. Oh, so are you you sort of quasi-professional or professional surfer? I am not, but I was a college swimmer and I just really loved being in the water. And so that was kind of like, something to replace what I used to do every morning was get up and swim for pretty much my whole life. And so I was always in that routine and now surfing is just taking the place of that, but I'm self-employed. So I work from home. Okay. Um, Let's just explore this a little further. What do you do for work in case you might have a customer listening? I am a jeweler. I make custom jewelry and I sell jewelry online. So hopefully, if anyone's interested in jewelry hearing this, they'll check out my website. Wow. LaneBenthal.com. Is that also why you have what appears to be a workshop behind you? Exactly. I'm in my studio right now. I see. I see. I thought it was, you know, like a, a garage or something like that. I didn't think it was relevant to what you do for work. I thought it was more, you know, the family, the family kind the of. Shed. Yeah, the shed. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay well tell us what your url is so that people who are interested can check it out um, my website is lanebenthal.com 
I also sell on Etsy. Okay. So L-A-I-N-E-B-E. N-T-H-A-L-L. Okay. LaneBenthal.com. L-A-I-N-E-B-E-N-T-H-A-L-L.com. Okay, great. Well, there's an impromptu little sidetrack. I didn't know you did that. That's really, really cool. And you're wearing a very shiny necklace. Did you make it yourself? I made this pendant here. I don't make the chains, but I do make pendants to go on the chains. I see. I see. Okay. Well, thanks for that little sort of uh, sidetrack. Now, um, you've moved to Hawaii because you're self-employed. You can live anywhere in the world. You've, you, you've, you're done with swimming. You want to add a little bit more flair to your daily activities. You're in Hawaii. You're surfing. You've hit 12 months ago. You've been hit with rheumatoid arthritis. You've got access to fresh fruit, fresh air. You've got access to the outdoors, nature, uh, a chilled sort of environment. What do you think brought it on? Um, I think I had a little bit of chronic stress. From um, 2020 through 2021, with the pandemic, I decided to make cotton mat face masks and sell them online. Um, so right after the pandemic hit, um, everyone needed a mask and there wasn't a lot available. So Etsy had called for all makers to sell masks on their platform. I decided to do it and I was selling so many masks. I was sitting there at the sewing machine all day, every day for months at a time. And I wasn't giving myself, like I wasn't taking time to prepare a meal or or work out or go outside and just relax my mind or even sleeping. I wasn't sleeping eight hours a night. I was just pushing myself a little too far. I think that's what brought it on, looking back. So one of the uh, combinations. Very rare moment in time where you saw an opportunity to both help people and also to you know unselfishly capitalize on a very very short term supply and demand crisis yeah and before you knew it you were like working in your own sweatshop and yeah and uh, you know uh not not taking care of yourself and the next thing you know your body said this is ridiculous and, and you've <laughs> been hit with an autoimmune disease life's not fair sometimes is it? yeah that's correct <laughs> um so when it's hit did you go to the rheumatologist is there a rheumatologist that everyone goes to in the, in uh, oahu or is there a big waiting list uh, tell me about the rheumatology environment uh, luckily, there was a rheumatologist available. My primary care physician asked me a bunch of questions, and I had had a swollen knee when I was about nine or 10 years old and diagnosed with rheum, uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So that gave her like a hint into what this could be, and she immediately referred me to rheumatology. And I got in within a month, luckily, because I've seen a lot of people have, have to wait a long time to get in. And the rheumatologist... Um, you know, she offered medications and um, I was also seeing a sports medicine doctor about my knee and they wanted they wanted to do a steroid injection. So I tried that and it lasted about two days and the swelling came back. The rheumatologist put me on some steroids initially to get the swelling to go down. But as soon as the steroids were done, the swelling came right back. And then 
she offered hydroxychloroquine was what I was going to choose as my medication. But I just wanted to hold off and see if there was anything else I could do before I committed to taking medications. And I had joined a support group on Facebook. And that's how I heard about the Patterson program. Let's just go through that then fairly quickly. Let's talk about just your implementation of the program, any hiccups, any sort of particular challenges or omissions that you had to make to some of the foods. Uh, and if you found it easy to reintroduce the foods, just the sort of like, just like Lane's brief experience of just so that others can say, oh, that was like me or not, nah, I was different. Okay, so I started the, cl- I did do the cleanse. I was a little unsure if I should do that because I am slightly underweight, but I decided to go ahead and do it anyway. And um, at first it was a little difficult, but it ended up being easier than I thought. And I felt really great those two days while I was on the cleanse. However, the second day after I woke up, um, after the first day, my elbows had flared up a little bit. And I think that was just some lingering things from what I'd eaten a few days before, but it was a little discouraging because I thought I would wake up and feel better after the first day, you know, but then I kept, I stuck with it and I just kept feeling better. I didn't, I did end up having one more flare up about two weeks into it. I had drank some uh, fruit juice that had like some added sugar in it or something and caused a flare up. But I think that I was having a bit of problems reintroducing fruit. So I had to kind of back off on any kind of sugar at that point and continue to allow my gut to heal a a bit before I tried the fruit again. Uh, You know, every extra person that I get feedback from helps me to make, you know, tiny like little carvings, like if it's a if it's a statue changes to the carving just a little bit thinking okay yep don't really overemphasize the fruit i think to myself now uh, whereas i try to encourage most people to do the fruits first you know stories like you're just sharing with me now make me think yeah just back off the pedal just a little bit Um, (laughs) and so thank you for for that uh and then with time then i just emphasize more of the vegetables and then you're able to introduce uh, sort of more starchy foods, is that correct? Yeah, so I stuck with the buckwheat and quinoa mixture for about, I think it was about two weeks until I added the basmati rice, and I handled that just fine. Um, I was also drinking the orange juice just fine. I wasn't having any problems with that. And then, you know, I, I tried the fruit again, and because I was the orange juice was okay. And so I tried more fruit and seemed to be fine as long as I didn't overdo it and eat like a lot of fruit. I, w- I wouldn't get a flare up, but I get a little bit of extra swelling in the knee. So I would just kind of scale that back if I got a little extra inflammation. And then, you know, I would I was introducing the, the lentils and um, I tried avocado. I didn't have any problems with any of those, really. But there was like, I don't know exactly what it was that I ate when I was reintroducing things that it would kind of cause a little bit of, you know, extra swelling. But I think that's part of the, the reintroduction process. Yeah. Um, there's no kind of, uh, uh, what's this word? Frictionless 
way to eventually have a ton of foods in your diet when you've got inflammatory arthritis. There's going to be some hiccups along the way. And, uh, you know, I get like little sparks of, oh, that's good. That's good when you say, and I was able to introduce like the lentils, for example. And it's like, okay, so it's just so health promoting. And then, you know, when you, once you lock the rice in, you're like, oh, you're fine because now you've got the base of most of your midday and evening meals locked in and so these things are massive milestones so uh, yeah that makes me uh, really excited listening when you say that and then i imagine or at least i'm fingers crossed because you're in hawaii which has got the best fruit in the world hopefully you're able to eat some fruits now oh uh, yeah i actually i have a mango tree in my backyard and we have tons of mangoes and i'm able to eat as much mango as i want now which is so great and I, yeah, I have endless access to fresh papaya and pineapple, which are all part of the healing foods. And they've, they've been great. It's, you're right about it being easier here in Hawaii. It definitely, definitely is. Papaya especially is like one of the sort of holy grail fruits that you can eat with rheumatoid arthritis. For people who've not heard me say this a hundred times already, um, one of the reasons is that it can, contains an enzyme that helps to break down proteins and it's allergenic partially digested proteins entering the bloodstream is one of the reasons our body is reacting and creating inflammation. It's only one component, but it does contribute. And so when we can more adequately digest our proteins, we then are just a little bit less immunoreactive. And so that's one aspect, but another aspect of many is very high in vitamin C and very high in potassium, two things that are de that are deficient in most people with inflammatory arthritis. So you've got your protein breakdown and vitamin C in high levels and um, potassium in high levels. It really is, in my view, the the number one ultimate uh, anti-rheumatic food. And when I was in Hawaii, my wife and I, we've been there several times. We got married there and stayed there for our honeymoon. Uh, during the three weeks that we honeymooned through Oahu, uh, actually, no, through Kauai and also across onto the Big Island, I ate so many papayas, almost turned orange, right? And in that time, I was able to, at the end of three weeks, able to eat so many more foods in my diet than the very restricted set of foods that I'd had coming into our wedding. Cause I was very much still in the sort of reintroduction phase at the day of our wedding. In fact, I ate brown rice and avocado on our wedding day as my wedding meal, nothing else. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was, that, and so, um, we have such fond associations with Hawaii and its healing potential, and uh, and so it's a it's a great place to be. Tell us about the tell us about the non food strategies that you used as well. Um, so I realized and this kind of has to do with food, but I I really prioritize mealtime, um, not not being rushed while I eat, like mentally being relaxed while I'm eating, I think has helped a lot. Um, the physical therapy that I was doing before I started the Patterson program, I stuck with that and just like built on that. So I had this really structured workout routine that I would do three times a week to gain the muscle back in my leg. And I think that has really helped my knee a lot the exercise and my elbows. 
um, really just to get the strength back and the range of motion back. I sleep eight hours a night. If I don't get my eight hours of sleep, I will take a nap during the day to get the rest of it. I think that's helped. And just trying to keep myself um, relaxed, not have any kind of, you know, how you get butterflies in your stomach, that kind of anxiety or excitement. Try to keep that down. Try not to get too excited or worked up over small things, that kind of thing. I think that's helped too. I was having a bit of like heart palpitations around the time I was diagnosed. And I'm not sure if that was from stress or from the rheumatoid, but that's gone away now too. Good that it's gone is all I can say. You know, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anyone say it before, which is why I don't know anything about it. No one said I got okay. rheumatoid. My, when I get inflammatory flares, so to speak, I get heart palpitations. Um, nothing, nothing springs to mind. I might have heard it casually in our support group, but didn't sort of, yeah, didn't really sink deep. So um, I'm glad that's gone. And yeah, um, the uh, the science shows that um, that generally, you know, our happiness hormones, where you know, dopamine, when which is kind of like your reward sensor when you've, you've you see a notification on your phone that. You know, in your case, maybe you've sold another piece of jewelry or something. Um, these are good for you, right? And, and very addictive. Uh, and then you've got serotonin and oxytocin and all these things associated with uh, love and especially outdoor activity and stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so I wouldn't shy away from excitement, but certainly, definitely uh, the, um, the opposite of that, which is stress, depletes those same happiness hormones. It makes us insufficient in these uh, anti-inflammatory happiness hormones. So, um, yeah, uh, we all have a, a job to do to keep stress at a minimum. My stress strategy is movement. It is movement. It's outdoor. It's either going for a bike ride. It's going for a walk by myself because if I take one of my kids or if I'm with my wife, it's social and it's nice, but it doesn't allow almost like the drain pipe to and completely empty out of the sink. Um, I have to be alone for, for, for that if I'm just walking or if I'm doing something more strenuous, that's when it's even more effective. Pull-ups or, um, yeah, really working on my bike hard. Um, these things are highly effective. So I imagine, you know, the stereotype is surfing is like the ultimate, you know, stress reduction. Tell us how that plays a role for you. Uh, it's definitely like a, a stress reducer and a, a time for my me to mentally relax and just focus on the ocean and nature while I'm out there. It's like a meditation. Uh, when I couldn't surf, it was it was really difficult. I I didn't know if I'd ever surf again, and so uh, when my knee started to slowly improve after I cut out dairy and gluten. Um, I bought myself a new longboard to try to just encourage myself that I am going to surf again. I will be back on this board. And so when I was able to kind of stand up on my leg again, I got back out there on small waves and um, just to see how I felt. And honestly, it, it hurt to stand up the, the first few times, but I stuck with it and I was just happy to be out there on my board. And when I was um, getting better to where I, I could stand up without pain and it just it was so encouraging and I was just so happy that I could surf 
And then once I got on the Patterson program and got the inflammation down and I was able to get back on my shortboard, which I, I couldn't bend my knee enough to stand up on the shortboard. So once I was able to do that, it was just, I was just so happy, just so happy to be back on my board and able to do it and just knowing it'll, it's going to get better from here on out. Um, do you notice an association with post-surfing inflammation reduction? I think there is something to that. I always feel great after surfing. I think that being in the water, it's usually kind of cold, the water a little bit. So I feel like it reduces inflammation just from being in the cold a little bit. It's your blood flow going and all those good endorphins. And yeah, I think it definitely helps. Um, and what about this uh, physical therapy that you talked about? I'm sure a lot of people's ears sort of picked up at that point and thought, I wonder what exactly she was doing for her knees and elbows uh, without having you trying to, you know, try and demonstrate on the video for people who are, are just listening to the podcast. Um, can you describe just the general approach for the knees and just a general approach for the elbows so that people can have an idea of, of what you've been doing? Okay, started out with the physical therapy from my insurance, and I went to the the people that do that, and they gave me like their basic exercises, which was a lot of stretch bands and just simple walking with balance, trying to get the balance back. Um, pretty easy stuff. But once that was over, I had to do something on my own, so I, I would search the internet for how to strengthen my knees, and I came across uh, Ben Patrick, the knees over toes guy his program and so I decided to try it because you can start out with a lot of pain and a, a barely any range of motion and, and you can progress from there so I thought oh this is perfect for me and um I've stuck with it now for probably five or six months and I've seen so much progression in the exercises I mean I can I was just sitting on my knees yesterday which was great it was like a big thing for me to be able to sit full full weight on both knees you know, and just a week ago, I, I was like barely sitting on my knees. So I'm definitely still healing and seeing progress with these exercises. Uh, I highly suggest Ben Patrick's exercises. I think that they're great for restoring the range of motion and strength in the knees. That's what they're targeted for. Uh, I have his program as well, and I was very interested in it. Again, a very... Uh, close to my heart and close to sort of things I need to understand to be able to give guidance to people and so on. Um, now, his early some of the earlier stuff, and this is um, available online as well, people, if you want to just see this, it's not revealing his paid material or anything like that. Um, but uh, uh, one of them is a uh, uh, stand against the wall and uh, lift your toes off, which is, I think he calls the, What's that muscle that no one ever? The tibia, I think tibias. Tibias palatus or something, yeah. Anyway, um, so you went, you did that, you were doing that every day, correct? Uh, I would do it three days a week. Three days a week, right. So you didn't try and accelerate more than what he said. You just did what he said. I did what he said. And did you, on the, on the days in between, do anything in particular or you took a, took a rest day? Um, days in between, I might like work on my arms a little bit, do some push-ups and pull-ups. Um, obviously there's the surfing that I was trying to do regularly. 
And since I was a college swimmer, I, I would go swim laps a little bit to help loosen me up. And I think that helped the elbows a bit too. No doubt. And this is, by the way, a lot more than the average person with RA. So you've just sort of casually said, oh, yeah, I just went and swam a whole bunch of laps because I'm a college swimmer. You know, like, so it's easy just to sort of dismiss that. But that, for a lot of people, is the complete entirety of their workout for a week for example swimming some laps and you just sort of doing it on your on your days off so um yeah you've obviously got exercise and physical activity as, as you said with the surfing as a as a real strategy in this mix okay yeah great is there anything else that we haven't covered here uh, you know we've talked about your know, changes to your foods we've talked about moving away from a sweatshop lifestyle to a lifestyle that um, is very nurturing with your eight hours of sleep a night, um, finding that work-life balance, getting out surfing, physical therapy followed by Ben Patrick's knee, knees over toes, and uh, and then being mindful with your eating so that you're not sort of stressed when you're eating and you're taking your time with your eating. Have we left anything out? I think that covers most of it. I had a few notes, but we've covered all of that. I would listen to your podcast while I was doing the program daily. Pretty much every day I would put one on while I was cooking or doing my work. And I think that really helped me keep on track and stay motivated. And I always thought, like, I hope one day I'll be a success story like these people that I'm listening to. And here I am. So it's awesome. But I really do think the podcast helped help me and hearing other people's experiences and the little things they did, I would try them. You know, I, everything I I was willing to try everything like like you can imagine, like what you went through. And so, yeah, I just tried every little thing I could could hear about and thought that it might help. I would give it a try. What does your diet look like now? You've, are you able to, you know, you eat sort of a diverse plant-based diet? Uh, what do you have for breakfast uh, just before we wrap up? Okay. Every day I start out with a juice. I make a cucumber celery juice in the morning instead of, co I used to drink coffee. I don't do that anymore. And then for breakfast, now I'm having oatmeal with fruit in it and some nuts, which is really exciting. <laughs> um. For lunch, pretty much every day I'll eat rice with sweet potatoes and sprouts, spinach, um, other fresh veggies, and avocado. And I just, I love that meal. I, like three months into the program, I just started craving those foods and I just really enjoyed them. And I can eat that every day and be happy. Honestly, I, I put a lot of sprouts in my food, the mung beans. Um, a lot of times I cook uh, miso soup. And I'll put pumpkin in there, broccoli, garlic, onion. Um, I can make sushi. I make some sushi wraps, veggie sushi wraps. That's pretty yummy. But mostly I stick with the basmati rice, the sweet potato, avocado, sprouts, and spinach. I do do some green smoothies with the lots of spinach, pineapple, and banana. Those are really good. <laughs> wow, these are at night time. You've got some maybe some uh, beans and rice lentils and rice potatoes and rice sort of curries that sort of or indian yes meals. yeah i do do the doll too the doll is really good 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you and I eat pretty much the same. I don't that lunchtime meal that you mentioned. We don't have that. I'll have to try that. But uh, yeah, everything else you've mentioned is very similar to how very similar to to the way I eat with the miso soup from time to time, green smoothie from time to time. Most days we have a green smoothie in an in the afternoon, oats for breakfast. Uh, you know, rice at lunchtime. It's it's you know it's identical uh, compared to. Uh, you know, we're splitting hairs, um, really. Uh, it's that similar. Well, Lane, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. And it, it makes me so happy that, you know, you'd, you had planned one day to perhaps share your story and here you are. Um, and what makes me happier than that is that there is still still progression. You know, you're still improving. And that's the thing, because the metaphor I like is that with rheumatoid, it's, it's a, a fairly strong current in a river that we're always being taken downhill. Mm. It's progressive. It's worsening symptoms. It's, you know, joint degradation. Spacing in those joints is showing up on x-rays as being less and less. And then we're getting, uh, you know, additional medications being applied. So we have to actively and quite aggressively swim against the current just to stay where we are in life and to actually swim up the stream is very challenging and requires all the things that you've done it's not just diet and that's why you know people on facebook jump on our you know i'll share a little clip from this it'll go on facebook and a portion of the a portion of the the ra community who don't know the intricacies they jump on it and say ah that's not true and and they sort of get all Busted about it because you've got to do everything right and that's what the um it's what's hard to appreciate from just you know uh looking at this quickly from the outside is that this is a full-on life turn upside down kind of thing definitely a big lifestyle change in a lot of ways <laughs> so well done and we're always looking to getting uh, back to hawaii so if my family come back uh, to Hawaii, I'd love to meet you one day. Uh, perhaps oh, that'd be down, great. Perhaps at Down to Earth uh, there, uh, uh, not too far from Waikiki, isn't it? Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thoroughly uh, enjoyed your uh, your story, and uh, and I want people to go, if they're interested, to go to lanebenthal.com because it sounds like you have some, uh, some wonderful handmade uh, jewellery that people can look at if they're interested. And um, you have an Instagram. Uh, would did you want to share that in case people wanted to follow you and and just sort of continue to enjoy um, your your journey? Sure, my Instagram is Lane Benthal. Great, nice and simple. We'll put that link also if people want to just get the spelling on the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy these podcasts in general, uh, please give us a five star review and a nice comment over at iTunes. I don't think I've mentioned that in about the last 70 episodes. So it means that our rankings on these kind of platforms remains probably uh, a little lower than what they could because uh, with your support, we can bump it up and maybe get more exposure of the show to other people uh, who don't know about it. So if you're on your iPhone right now, can you, as soon as you hit end of this episode, can you go and give us a five-star review? if you like this episode, which I'm sure you did, because Lane, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. And I'll see you Thank you, Glenn. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.